Welcome to today's episode of Comments with your host, Nina. I will be discussing PPE, personal payment equipment, and looking at why are our key workers still being put at risk. Last night we were clapping for all the NHS workers, key workers, care workers, everyone from the volunteers to doctors and nurses. And this has now become a, a regular weekly ritual on a Thursday evening at 8pm. We all come out of our well, not literally out of our houses, but, you know, stand in front of our front doors or leaning out of uh, flat windows. You can see communities and neighbours just getting together and making a huge noise, <laughs> bagging pots, pans, whatever comes to um to mind is uh, and readily accessible you can hear all kinds of sort of contraptions being used but it is great because it does kind of elevate that uh, community spirit and neighborliness which we really need it's actually rather comforting because I remember the first week of uh, lockdown it was quite uh, unusual to adapt to this kind of uh, um, imposed isolation and other than fraternizing with uh, household members there's very little engagement with uh, others uh, on a social basis until this lockdown is lifted and especially in in urban cities and um, it's which I've sort of lived in most of my life, it's difficult to always really familiarise yourself with neighbours. And the great thing about us coming out for um, clapping for care, key workers, NHS workers, uh, volunteers on a Thursday evening is that we get to see our neighbours and it's great you know we're all saying hi and just chatting across the garden gate so it's been a real pleasure to find that um, even though we have social distancing it still had a positive impact with in actual fact inadvertently we've had the complete dichotomy with regards to it bringing us closer to our local neighbours and there's been offers of you know if you need anything because we can see there's a couple of more sort of shall we call them older folk uh, who may need um, supplies and so offers of help and assistance have been proffered to to those that we've been able to visually identify this may may require assistance but um, it's all been very congenial and fun and it's great for the kids as well to participate in this and uh, and hopefully you know who knows if uh, the lockdown is lifted before 
well, before the onset of summer in June, July, we'll probably have uh, some more or an increase in numbers of uh, street party applications with the local councils and more uh, sort of uh, community-based activities which we can all sort of engage in and maintain that community spirit and that kind of social fabric which is so essential and has been has really been lost um, compared to generations previously you know we're so sort of consumed with going to work and working the nine to five regular job and is then it's always very busy even in the evenings and weekends so it's nice to just kind of find the opportunity and the time to uh, to re-engage with uh, local neighbours. Now really what this episode was about is uh, talking out about PPE, personal protection equipment. Uh, it's very difficult to watch the news now on a regular basis. It's been quite a few weeks where it's been a glaring issue in the media concerning PPE and major shortages. It's obviously an imperative for health workers and all other frontline key workers from carers in working or healthcare assistants or others working in care homes or in the healthcare system or social care system. It's difficult, forget to differentiate between the two. But it's important for all these key workers to have this equipment in order to ensure that, you know, they mitigate the risk, uh, not only to themselves, but to their clients and patients, not to put them at risk. And we obviously, nurses and doctors, they will be in close proximity for prolonged periods of time in uh, uh, intensive care units. Uh, And this is where I've been absolutely flabbergasted to still be hearing stories or pleas on national media from hospital doctors, nurses, who that's the only way they can reach out to explain that they're still concerned about the current PPE shortages. And, you know, of course, we know that many governments have been um, purchasing in vast quantities and there is a huge demand globally Uh, whether the supply and the logistics of distribution is difficult to really coordinate um, to meet the demand but I still wonder can't help feeling that this insufficient um, planning and just the fact that there's such a shortfall of PPE equipment when we have, especially in Western European countries and other uh, more developed nations in the world, and also, well, in actual fact, in developed countries like India, you have manufacturers and factories where 
really they we could have planned perhaps a lot sooner to ensure the manufacture of uh, of gowns and goggles uh, which now are medical masks respirators you know coordinating partnerships with uh, for with other companies and businesses to ensure we can produce these uh, when we've started to find the uh, cases of COVID-19 patients rising and the necessity became um, even more urgent to ensure that um, we were able to, the governments were able to supply the gowns, uh, goggles and all the other sort of paraphernalia with PPE which is required to keep them safe. It's also ironic, I recall, that uh, the World Health Organization, WHO, there is a high degree of transparency, admittedly, acknowledging from them that uh, they were recommending the so-called rational use of PPE, which is acknowledging the fact that it was anticipated even, you know, up to sort of nearly two months ago, that there would be uh, a huge demand which supply, which could not be met through supply of the PPE. And inevitably, there will be a, a current PPE shortage. Um, now, the reason why this is is such an important issue and I think that a lot of governments and leaders will be judged upon this is the outcome the significant outcome of from the shortages of PP and will inadvertently well directly impact many different um, areas from we've seen an increase in the UK of deaths in the in care homes where uh, again we're hearing stories of uh, care own uh, home owners announcing that they're worried they've only you know they're down to their last supply you know box or whatever of of, uh, personal protection equipment and really concerned about being able to um, procure the uh, necessary PPE for their workers. Um, again, there have been concerns raised by the BMA, which is the um, professional body represents NHS workers, uh, British Medical uh, Association for Doctors, uh, declaring as well that uh, the lack of PPE has caused doctors in certain cases to improvise. I remember earlier, it was really right from the onset, very, very early on, um, when numbers did start to increase of uh, people having contracted COVID-19 or the coronavirus, there were 
news um, items or that certain GPs um, and doctors had been compelled to improvise and buy sealed masks from uh, garages and DIY stores, you know, the ones which uh, uh, builders tend to wear. Uh, but again, those are absolutely useless, really, and won't fundamentally provide them with the necessary protection which they do require. I mean, obviously, the initial priority was to provide this equipment for those um, healthcare workers directly treating, uh, you know, COVID-19 patients, you know, and we're not just talking about gloves and masks, but obviously the full paraphernalia from, you know, the respiratory um, masks, the gowns, aprons, um, you know, obviously the eye protection, whether it's uh, goggles or a face shield. So there's a huge amount of um, PPE gear, shall we say, that they need to wear. And I believe it's immediately disposed of, discarded once they have been in you know, after one uh, single use. So it's imperative that this gets replenished um, on a frequent and consistent uh, basis. And inevitably, uh, with with lockdown, there has been, um, you know, supply chains have been disrupted and there have probably been incidences of panic buying in certain regions. And you know, with transport um, sector being shut down as well and restrictions on, you know, we hear about logistical uh, problems, you know, with regards to, I suppose, restrictions on exports and checking the quality um, as well of the um, products. Again, there's, there's a whole gamut of, um, shall we say, obstacles, you know, which need to be alleviated as quickly as possible to ensure that we're not um, putting people's uh, key workers' lives unnecessarily at risk. And I think the patience is wearing extremely thin I know as someone who's been, as a viewer, um, who's been watching or reading the media, it's difficult for me to stomach at this stage when we're weeks in and we've had epicenters in Europe, uh, you know, from Italy, Spain, France, where we have seen the consequences of uh, coronavirus with the deaths of uh, doctors and, and, and nurses and other key workers, and we've had the same in the UK as well. So it's difficult to stomach that we have frontline staff dying, and it's hard to obviously determine whether or not this has been a result of having inadequate protective equipment that they contracted the COVID virus is difficult to determine obviously when and how they uh, contracted the virus but there is, will always be this great huge cloud 
overhanging whether or not that one fatality could have been prevented with adequate PPE um, equipment, you know, supplied earlier. And it's not even that. It's also the case that we all know that we were entering a very dangerous period and doctors and nurses groups, others as well, um, representatives from other, you know, social care, healthcare, and other key worker organisations and representative bodies did tackle governments, you know, and to respond and, you know, urgently get these supplies um, to of PPE to um, mitigate these unacceptable risks of contracting the virus. Uh, now, the travesty of the situation is that some doctors, which in order to safeguard their health and also of their families are now fearing, well, considering leaving the NHS um, or perhaps, uh, you know, looking to refuse, as in the case of um, the nurses, nursing organisation in the UK was recommending that nurses uh, the Royal College of Nursing, uh, which is the representative body for the 400,000 nurses in Britain, UK, who actually had to formally say that they com that their responsibility is to ensure that frontline nursing staff have the adequate equipment. And if these um, protection, they don't have the adequate prote protection, then they will need to obviously not be put in a predicament that the nurses between choosing to do their job and their own personal safety, which consequently would mean that if if uh, the health if the nurses were unable to have the adequate PPE equipment, then they wouldn't be compelled to administer treatment to a um, COVID-19 uh, um, patient because obviously and again we shouldn't be putting the healthcare workers, nurses, doctors and others key workers in this kind of um, situation of jeopardy you know and obviously the many will be you know acknowledging that they shouldn't have be expected to take unacceptable risks to their own personal health. It's, a, I think that personally, I feel the one thing about this global uh, pandemic, coronavirus pandemic will, one of the outcomes will be that countries and governments will be able to assess and review their response and it will highlight weaknesses uh, so that they will be able to coordinate a more effective response in the future should any sort of similar uh, pandemic endemic occur or any sort of other public um, national health uh, emergency 
which um, they will now be able to because uh, be to formulate some sort of uh, a plan because the one thing that has been highlighted it's no longer hypothetical whether you know we will have virus um, pandemics occurring it's something that is inevitable will occur we've had a few situations you know pandemics within the last hundred years but it's just to ensure that you know governments are properly prepared to with their response and not feel overwhelmed um, with all the various issues which have um, been highlighted and arisen with the current pandemic outbreak which has been probably the most severe since the second world war for governments to contend with and lastly i'm just going to finish off the severity of the threat has come home really been highlighted because there's been an incident today well not an incident it's just come to light that a husband pregnant wife both nhs doctors national health service doctors in the uk will be are going to be um amounting a, a legal case against the government over the lack of ppe um both have acknowledged that uh, they have been personally uh, exposed to patients with coronavirus and uh, i think their argument is that they claim that the government's guidance is not good enough or substantial enough to ensure proper protection to frontline NHS workers because it's been recently revised and that their government's um, revised guidelines are not uniform across various NHS trusts and it's uh, putting again them in an unimaginable situation where they need to really don't feel that they have the correct protective um, equipment to to do their jobs as um, doctors so we'll see how this um, hopefully manufacturers you know will be able to meet the huge demand for ppe uh, globally and uh, not just in the uk but everywhere because um it is almost like gold dust now it's something that really is in invaluable because it will save lives and front key line key workers do really frontline key workers do need need this essential equipment as soon as possible thank you for tuning in to today's episode you can subscribe to the comments podcast via itunes spotify and other major providers